Hey, what's going on? Thanks for tuning in to another Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday on the Wang Bang Podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, and I'm joined once again on the phone by the junior James Liao. How's it going, man? What's up? All right, so a bit of exciting news in the Warriors world these past few weeks. No, it is not the 10 straight three-pointers that Clay Thompson hit the other night against the Lakers. No, it is not the eight straight wins that the Warriors have dropped. And no, it is not the 51-point first quarter in their drubbing of the Denver Nuggets on their home floor. It is the return of DeMarcus Bookie Cousins against the L.A. Clippers, uh, followed by a second game against the L.A. Lakers, both which were standout wins. What did you think, James? What did you see in Bookie Cousins? Like it, love it, hate it? Uh, a couple of things. Number one for me was uh, keeping an eye on how he was moving and the physicality uh, that we know that he can bring. And is he going to be able to do that? Now, I don't expect him to do that right off the bat, you know, obviously. So the expectations are a little tempered. Uh, and I think uh, so far now it's just two games, but it's looking pretty good. I think if he can give us this level of production, uh, maybe even a little bit more as he rounds into shape, um, we uh, are going to be in pretty good shape because he just brings, you know, so many different things that we didn't have in our center. And one of the things that, you know, you and I were talking about off the bat was uh, the pick and roll with the Marcus Cousins that, yep. that you off- had offense. noticed in, offense. Yeah, on offense. offensively yeah. and just the, the pick and roll on offense. So that's going to be a huge one, you know, pick and pop and pick and roll to the basket. Both. He can do both really well. So. Yeah, and definitely the positives are, are mostly on the offensive end. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about defense in a little bit, but you're right. That pick and, uh, that pick and roll with DeMarcus Cousins, I mean, that guy, I, I forget how big of a body yeah, he huge. is. Like, yeah, huge. Like, he is humongous. And the screens he set, I mean, you, you could tell even that first game, he, he was really knocking guys like, even, you know, Tobias Harris, Marching Gortat, like, Guys like that were... Oh, just dying at the screens. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. yeah, which opened up, you know, great jumpers for Katie, Steph, and Clay. Uh, and it also gave him a lot of room to roll with. Uh, you know, we saw that first... I don't know if it was the first offensive possession of that Clippers game, but he was able to get that a pretty solid roll. Um, and, you know, credit the poor Clippers defense for that. But you know, a lot of that has to do with the amount of space he's able to create with his screens and, and the level of recovery that the defense needs to do. It's it's huge. I just think, you know, even even in our just even in our championship years, I don't think we've ever had anybody, obviously, uh, at this level of uh, offensive prowess at the center position. Now, Bogut and a couple other guys, Bogut was a great screener, a uh, great passer and stuff, but he was not a pick and roll player and he was not a pick and pop player. So very limited, uh, you know, if you can get a deep enough post position, you get a little jump hook and that's about it. You, uh, you didn't think Festus Azili was a... Was a oh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, where is he? Oh, he's not in the league anymore, that's right, yeah. I forgot about that. Was gonna, was gonna guess Guangdong Tigers, but... Uh, he's more of a Shanghai Sharks kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, yeah, you see him on Yao Ming's team, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's more of a Yao Ming type guy, center. <laughs> 
Yeah, but like, yeah, like like you were talking about, we have not had that kind of production uh, on the offensive pick and roll since, well, since, I don't know, maybe David Lee, when we had David Lee uh, yeah. running, you know, playing the center. But, yeah. you know, he, he came with his defensive issues, which is why he's, he fell out of the rotation quick. Uh, you know, compare compared to Kevon Looney, who is it was a mediocre screener, uh, has definitely improved his role offense over the years, but definitely doesn't have the soft hands, doesn't go up as strong as DeMarcus Cousins, uh, and definitely not the passer that DeMarcus Cousins is. Yeah, for sure. Like, not even close. Like, that's the thing with Loon. Like, you know, I think having the, the roster flexibility and different kind of guys to play center is, is going to be critical because, you know, with DeMarcus, you, there's just so many different things you can do on offense um, that Kevon just won't, won't be able to do. So that's going to be a huge factor for us. And, you know, I was, um, you know, one of the, one thing that was a little concerning for me was, now, I know this is just two games, but Boogie still looks like he doesn't really have much lift off the Achilles. Um, when he jumps off one foot, he's he's already gotten blocked like, you know, two or three times or something, just going up against, you know, uh, Gortad and some of these other guys, you know. So it's just like it's a little concerning because it's like I don't think he'll ever get the explosiveness back. Um, and um, I, I'm just curious to see how that's going to affect him long term in terms of like post play, right? Because – Normally, if he's going to play bully ball and stuff like that, the hope is that he'd, be, he'd get close enough he wouldn't get blocked and he would have enough explosiveness to go up and, and score. But um, it's a little concerning, but I mean, I expect that coming back from Achilles injury. But um, that's the one thing in the two games that I haven't seen him do, which is just basically power over guys right now. But he's playing hard, dude, running the floor on fast breaks, uh, you know, hitting threes, not at a good clip, but I mean, he made a couple in the first game. So, you know, it's. A lot of positives, but, you know, still things that are concerning. Yeah, the, the minutes is definitely a positive. Uh, 15 minutes the first game, 21 minutes the second. Granted, a lot of it was mop-up time in that second game. And, yeah. you know, it, when it doesn't really matter as much anymore, you know, you're, you're definitely not playing as hard. I, I do agree that the the explosiveness is not there. And you can actually even see it in his jumper. I, I feel like... Yeah, you barely know, jumping, right? Yeah, now. yeah. And, like, he... You know, watching him back in his Kings days and, and the, the few games that he was in uh, New Orleans on, you know, he, he was able to, you know, pick and pop a lot quicker. You know, he was able to, you know, he even had you know, almost like a pull up three uh, at, at some points of his uh, in, at some points of his career. And he yeah. just he just doesn't have that anymore, he, even when he's. Even those three pointers that he had against the Clippers, I mean, you know, he was wide open. Yeah, yeah. Some Nobody of them, was even close to him. Yeah. yeah, some of them were breakdowns on defense because you know Marching Gortat was probably helping off somewhere else. The other time it was you know Boban, you know Boban. He's not gonna go out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no way that Boban could have closed, even if you know he was five feet away. So I, I think there's still a little bit of a slow. Um, a little bit of issues with his release uh, being uh, being a little too slow. If he's going to play bully ball and and score in the paint, he he's going to need that quick jump, that quick you know yeah, exactly. bu- bump somebody off uh, off balance and go up and dunk it on them before they can recover and you know go up to block them. So it's it'll be interesting to see. I, I do agree that watching him run the floor was very very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's playing hard, I mean, and, you know, and that's the thing. It's like he knows we're playing up and down, and we try to run where we can. So, 
he's already it's showing good signs that he's willing to uh to do that and then like i mean just having the guy out there for like boards and stuff like offensive rebounds like he's a career you know 2.1 uh, average for offensive rebounds like or excuse me 2.8 so it's just like dude, you know he's out there he's gonna grab o boards for you and just clear the defensive rebound. So it's another huge thing. Like, Loon's gotten better, but, I mean, Boogie was one of the better offensive rebounding guys in the league. Uh, he had one year where he averaged, like, four a game, like, early in, yeah, early 2000s or early 2010s, like, his th- second or third year in the league. Like, I mean, guys, it's like, if, if he's going to be just that alone is already also just going to be a huge plus. You know, just having a huge body. And people can't beat us on the boards like they always do, you know. Yeah, we're not gonna have guys like Tristan Thompson and guys like that aren't gonna be punking us on the uh, on the O boards anymore. Stephen Adams <laughs> is another one. Like, yeah, l- looking back at uh, looking back at the stats, you know, in 15 minutes against the Clips, Boogie got six boards. 21 minutes against the Lakers, Boogie got nine. So. You know, it, it's very, very promising. It, we're, it's going to be, it's definitely going to fill that void in the middle. I, I, I want to shift over to some possible negatives. Um, and, and one of my biggest concerns is it, it, the D. The D on the pick and roll is going to be a huge concern. We lucked out that we brought him back against teams that just it did not have an an explosive uh, ball handler or a you know a, a pick and pop type center. You know the the Clippers were without Lou Williams and the Lakers were without no you know, Gallo anybody. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, they they didn't have Gallo either, and the Lakers were without LeBron, Rondo, and uh, and Alonzo Ball. So guys that are typically creating off the pick and roll just weren't in the game against yeah. uh, against the Warriors when Boogie played. And when you watch the pick and roll, Boogie would sag so far back. Like, I, I yeah. barely saw him. You know, he, he he didn't hedge. He didn't – I don't think I saw him switch at all, no, actually. No, I don't yeah. remember him switching, though. No. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know if that's a, a result of his own, you know, limitations or if that was the actual strategy. But by the way he was moving, I don't – I don't see him staying in front of a, you know, a James Harden or a Lou Williams or a Russell Westbrook off that pick and roll. Yeah, I mean, it's unlikely. Um, and that's the, always going to be the concern with Boogie uh, moving forward. Uh, but, you know, hey, I, I think it ultimately, if you play him against the right lineups, if you play him against, um, you know, short spurts against the good players, I think it's going to be OK because I think where you can get the biggest advantage is <clears throat> excuse me, but yeah, the I, I think the biggest thing for him is is going to be, and you we've seen this um, when he was on the Pelicans too. It's not like he was really super taken advantage of. Now, obviously, coming off the Achilles, we don't know uh, yet. But I think you know, I think I'm a, I'd be okay with it if he's playing primarily with the second unit, which I think he's going to see a lot of time with, uh, like Clay or. Uh, Draymond and stuff like that, uh, and then he can try to maybe, you know, play through Boogie with the second unit, you know, so that we don't have to have, you know, uh, you know, Quinn Cook jacking up twenty five footers, you know. That's um, my favorite. That's my favorite kind of offense. The, yeah, the Quinn Cook uh, one man show in mop up time. Yeah, when Jordan Bell eighteen footers <laughs> and getting screamed at by Kerr. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that, that was that was a weird moment. Um, going back to Boogie and the, and the the defense thing, I I think it worked in New Orleans because he was being played with with Anthony Davis, so an elite oh for sure athlete slash rim yeah. protector, and you kind of have that when he when he's playing with Draymond and and uh, and Kevin Durant, guys that are great weak side help uh, help defenders. That you know when Boogie gets blown by you know you have a nice security blanket and, and guys that are either really really smart defenders like draymond or guys with just impeccable uh, impeccable timing and length in kevin durant yeah so. i just think ultimately it's going to end up with the same either you're running the death lineup hampton five or you're running you know without Igodala and with loon for a lot of the matchup based teams in the playoffs like rockets and like you know maybe even some of the east teams you know in the finals like you know i just don't know how much boogie is going to be able to play from a minutes perspective with the first unit if they have a really good like pick and roll creator and most of those teams do so it's just like i just don't know because i don't expect him to have the foot speed to do anything really but i mean second unit like i said this is where it gets crazy where our you know, top level talent is hopefully going to win out, you know, because they're going to be playing subpar uh, playmakers and that you can just, you can live with that, you know, when Boogie's out there, but then he can also just play bully ball on those guys. So, yeah. yeah. Or even just pick and pop in so many different ways you can use them. So, mm-hmm. and passing out of the post. I mean, yeah. he, is, he is a very, very good passer. Great passer. Yeah. I, uh, I, and you and I talked about this even leading up to Boogie's return, but. One of my biggest concerns is that we're going to force ourselves to use Boogie because we know he is this, you know, world world level talent. And this reminds me of the 2007 the 2008 Warriors who were doing very well during the during the regular season. I mean, granted, the whole Western Conference was amazing, and the eighth seed. You know, uh, Warriors didn't make the eighth seed, even though they had a 48 and 34 record at the end of that season. But what was crazy that season is uh, Don Nelson decided to bring Chris Webber back to the Warriors. A, a washed up 34 year old Chris Webber with no knees, uh, ha- hadn't played defense in like five years, and not only brought him back to the team, but started him. Uh, in place of Andres Biedrins. And what happened next, I mean, the guy only played maybe nine games with us, but he was god-awful. And, and, you know, for for a playoff race that was as tight as it was, you know, it it really swung a few games and possibly could have made us miss the playoffs that year. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the Warriors are going to miss the playoffs because, you know, we're trying to force ourselves to use Boogie, but... You know, the fact that we're trying to force somebody in there who, who you know, I'll admit it, it does have a wide range of skills, but lacks the the defense, lacks the mobility to to keep up with other teams. I mean, that could really create some problems. And my biggest fear is that Steve Kerr won't know when to cut the cord. Um, yeah, I, I think that's definitely a concern. Um, but I think I think Kerr knows that it's going to be matchup based. Uh, in the playoffs right now the goal in the regular season give him regular minutes get him into game shape hopefully his achilles um you know holds up and he can get some more strength on it he can be more explosive be more mobile on defense you know things of that nature but 
I think ultimately, you know, I, I think he's Kerr has also shown that he's willing to go to a short roster in the playoffs um, if he has to. Now, do we agree with all his substitution patterns so far? Not really, you know, but uh, um, given the circumstances, I think he's especially against Houston and stuff. We kept the, um, the roster relatively short. You know, the uh, the bench wise. So I think he's willing to do that against the right teams. But he does. I do kind of agree with you that he can get a little stubborn with some of the lineups and stuff. So yeah, especially since Boogie, you know, and there's no secret to anybody, but it has such an ego, right? Everything's peachy good when the Warriors are winning, whatever. But what happens when Boogie gets benched and the Warriors lose right and the death lineup isn't good enough for that one game does Boogie throw tantrums does you know is that someone that you want in a in a in a testy seven game series against uh you know a, a Houston Rockets team that I I don't know if I'd want somebody like that in my locker room yeah and this is the reason why some people passed on him right is because other people could have had him for the taxpayer mid level you know yeah, but people pass because of the potential that he could cause in the locker room. But I think ultimately for the for the Warriors, you know, like you were saying, I think you just got to know when to cut the cord. And, you know, you got to be like the Rockets, you know, with Melo. If, you, if it's not working, that's it. You know you have guys that can make it work. You know you have Loon that you can go back to. That's going to be interesting to see. But um, I... Don't think that it's going to be a huge issue. I mean, so far, he's been with the team the whole year. And, you know, and I think he understands that his role is not going to be the same as it is in, in other places. So I think that's very apparent. Um, and he's in obviously just two games, but it's already kind of pretty apparent that he is seems like he's willing to buy into the system. But we'll see long term. But so far, so good. So far, so good. All right, before I let you go, just quick question. Uh, what do you think about Kevon Looney? Do you think his minutes getting, uh, I, I should say, staggered and probably less with the the starting, you know, the, the, the four all-stars and more with, yeah. the, with the bench unit? Do you think it will affect his play, or do you think he'll still be as efficient? Obviously, on the defensive end, he'll still be – you know, good on the switches, uh, as good as he can on the boards. But on offense, that, that's where it gets a little dicey. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about Loon because it's still a contract year for him. So you know he's going to play hard because he's going to have to play for another contract. Uh, whether or not that's with us, that's a different story. But he can, um, he's still going to be playing for a contract. So I don't expect him to take, just start sucking and sulking just because he doesn't, he's not getting the minutes because he knows, like, his NBA career is pretty much on the line here because nobody would offer him anything this past year except for us. Yeah, you know? still bonkers. And gave him yeah, and it was crazy. But, I mean, that just shows you the market that's out there. And he understands that, so he needs to show that he can play well to get another um, uh, another contract. So um, that's why I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. I'm not as concerned about that. But, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, I think, like you said, defensively, as long as Loon can give us that offensive rebounding, you know, and uh, switchy defense, like that, that's all I really need him for. That's yeah. all the words need him for. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's learned the lesson from watching his uh, good buddy Pat McCall uh, bet on himself and suck at basketball and bet on himself and get, basically get a uh, million and a half dollar pay cut. <laughs> 
<laughs> to go to go sit at the end of the bench of somewhere else. That's, yeah, I still don't know why he did that. But yeah. no hashtag, hashtag bad family advice. Is, is yeah. Have to learn. Hashtag Uncle Dennis. <laughs> is Uncle Dennis Kawhi's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm just saying, like, that's just going to be the the de facto guy. Every now it's like every person has an Uncle Dennis on yeah, there. Yeah, the, the poster child or the poster uncle of yeah. bad family advice. Oh my God! So Pat, this year six games for the uh, uh, Raptors. Yeah. Oh my God. How many how many uh, bottles of Gatorade has he brought the team? Twenty twenty one percent shooting. Oh my God. Sixteen percent on threes. Oh. One point two points a game. Oh my God. Yeah. That is bonkers. What you, it's just... Ah. Yeah. What? You gave up all that for this? All right, James. It's been fun. Uh, Warriors have... Uh, who do they... I, I know they have the Celtics on Saturday, which should be a good one. Who do they Who do they got tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow they are playing... Who? They are playing the Wizards ah. tomorrow. Your boys. Ah, ah Wizards. Yeah, Bradley, Bradley Beal is going to line them up uh, for 50 points. Uh, Wizards are going to win by 30 at home. You heard that it whole, here and first. That, and when's Dwight Howard coming? <laughs> game he one, game one of the NBA Finals when the Wizards are playing. Oh right? yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. I was like, you, you didn't answer the question, dude. He's <laughs> he's played what nine games so far. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. Jesus. Hey, there, there. All right, dude. Well, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk throughout the week. Uh, Warriors got the Wizards on Thursday, and then the Celtics on Saturday. Both should be good games. Go Dubs. Go Dubs. Uh-huh.